This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHE certified inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl. And our good friend of the show, Timmy McClendon from AC Remedies. It's about time. It's hot. Licensed contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks is out this week. Today on the program, we want to hear from you. As today is an open topic day, you can join the conversation with us this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464, or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. How are you guys doing this morning, Pam? I'm doing great. I'm just sad that, um, oh, there's a lot of feedback. Yeah, that's okay. You go ahead. I just keep going? You just keep going. <laughs> I don't know. When I hear myself, it kind of creeps me out. Uh, I'm, I, what I was saying is that I'm sad that folks can't see you today. You've got on a sporty bright shirt. It's so happy. I do. I do. I wore my orange shirt today along with my, uh, along with my yellow uh, mask. So I'm very fashionable this morning. Very springy You're summer. very fashionable. Very know, right? sporty. That summer kind of look. That's, Thank you. That's very nice. Thank you. What have you been working on, Pam? Have you been under houses? You know, yeah, we're running and gunning. Um, I'm so excited about Timmy being here. I, know. I had I had a uh, situation the other day, and I'd love his comments on this. You wouldn't um, believe I've already got so many situations lined up. Timmy, how you doing this morning? Man, look, I'm sitting there staring at a bad board on a ear. Okay. <laughs> All right. You just keep staring. I'm just... doing pretty, pretty good. Okay. Uh, just answer the questions as they come, brother. Okay. So, I'll do I'll do <laughs> so have you been really busy during the coronavirus thing, Timmy? Oh my God, have I? It's been crazy. Been crazy. Okay, it's been different. We have done a ton of worse. Yeah, I noticed uh, yesterday or this morning when I was listening to the news, they had mentioned just how humid it was yesterday, and I just couldn't imagine oh, all God. those ACs out there just just pushing as hard as they could. <laughs> Trying to get all that moisture out. Man, I'm telling you, they are, they, are, they are working their butts off, man. Well, you know what? It's an open topic show, guys. We've already got people on the phone, so we're just going to go ahead and light it up. Carol is on the line in Ocean Springs. Carol, uh, what's going on for you this morning? Good morning. I have um, something I wish that you guys could address. I really appreciate your show. And, Thank you. Um I'll I'll just bring this up and let y'all talk about it. Okay. But with my insurance every year, they'll tell me I need to have the correct estimated replacement cost of my home. And they say to get the correct cost, I should talk to a building contractor or a replacement cost appraiser. What what do y'all think about this? Well, we have one of those here. So uh, I'm going to let her roll. Pam, did you hear what's going on? Could you repeat that? I had a hard time hearing what exactly she was saying. Um, go okay, ahead. I'm still here. Go ahead, Carol. Say it again. If with insurance, people are supposed to get it um, their home uh, replacement cost appropriate. It's the estimated replacement cost. How and how do you get that? And what is to know what to do? It says to do it through a building contractor and replacement cost appraiser. 
Hmm. So, so you're trying to get it. Go ahead, Pam. Well, I'm thinking my initial thought on that would be um, that you can get an, uh, what they call a drive-by appraisal. And most appraisers, that's all they're doing these days. They're not going in <laughs> because of COVID. And you can get those. At, it's not real expensive to get that. And it would give you an appraisal cost of the house. What do you mean when you and say not expensive? Well, you know, I can't speak for the appraisers, but I know a regular appraisal, depending on the size of the house, Mm -hmm. you know, they're going to price it according to square footage. So I'm going to say probably a 2,800 square foot house is going to be a lot less expensive than an 8,000 square foot house. But I mean, when we're talking expensive, are we talking hundreds, thousands, what? Probably hundreds. Now, you get up in something like we just booked a home inspection next week for a house that's 8,000 square feet. <laughs> so, How about 1,600? You know, yeah, you're probably looking about 250, 350 to get an appraisal on something like that. I'm curious, as, I'm, I'm guessing the reason you're having to do that, Carol, is because you're in Ocean Springs and yeah. because your incidence of storm damage is going to be higher than other folks in the other parts of the country. So that's probably why the insurance company is asking for that. For a true replacement cost. Right. Correct. Well, it's yeah. just sort of a yeah, general statement, but since I bought the house, the value here has gone up quite a bit. Right. Well, that's right. Great. Yeah. So, yeah, I would look, um, and you can you can look the Mississippi Real Estate Commission MREC dot gov um, would have a list of all the appraisers, and you could probably find one down there that you could speak to directly and get some information from them on. Because sometimes what they can do is they can just pull comps. And a realtor could do that, too. Well, they'll look up what's what's the comparables to what's being sold around you. And then that would give you a comparable price that you could then share with your insurance company. Where did you say that website was, Pam? It's MREC.gov, Mississippi Real Estate Commission. It may be .ms.gov. I tell you what, let me look it up real quick yeah, so I give you, you the right thing. MREC, let's there see, Mississippi go. Real Estate Commission. Yeah, MREC.ms.gov. Cool, okay. And it has a list of all of the realtors, appraisers, and home inspectors in the state of Mississippi. All right. Thanks, Pam. Thank you, Carol. I hope that helps out, at least a place to, a place to start for a resource there. All right, let's keep moving. John is on the line in Madison. What's going on, John? Yeah, hi. Good morning. Morning. Um, So I'm a first-time homeowner, and uh, my wife has all kinds of projects that she wants me to undertake during this whole COVID thing. Of course. Uh, One of them is uh, adding some flooring to our um, sort of over-the-garage attic area. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if there are things that I need to consider as far as, like, whether, what kind of load it can take. Um, Right now, there's decking on about half of it, but then the other half is left exposed. So you can just see the sheetrock that's hung, you know, as the ceiling for our garage. Was it previous uh, an attic? Was it previously an attic, or was it always intended to be a room? No, it's, it's an attic. Um, I don't think you could put a room in there. It's really just for our water heater, mm-hmm. and there there's access to lights and stuff like that. Okay. So what are you looking to do? Well, I was going to buy some uh, plywood and just sort of I'd nail down the plywood onto the, I guess they're probably 
two by sixes right. that are joists running across. Um, but I don't know if I need to sister those joists, if I need to, you know, put two of them up together, if maybe it's a bad idea to do it at all, like maybe the builders intended for it to be left open. I don't know what, I, I guess I just wanted to know what, uh, sort of things I should watch out for while undertaking that project. Um, I've yeah. done, I've done that myself. I put uh, plywood in an attic area, but I just use that area for like boxes and like you said, water heaters and things like that. Uh, but do remember in those, those spaces, if what is above you are ceiling joists, uh, most likely that's a vented area up there. So it's not something that couldn't, in other words, it will get moisture and humidity and everything else up there if it's not closed. Pam, what are you thinking? Well, I think I'm so proud of John for even asking the question, <laughs> because if you don't support that, and I'm going to get your tape measure and check those joists. If it is a two by six, yes, you need to sister that. You need to put some type of bracing in there because you, if you put too much storage up there on a two by six that was really just meant for framing, then you're going to have problems. If it's an eight or a 10, you're probably okay. And something that you can do too is, and I love this, uh, the big box stores, you can go in the backside of that big box store, buy your plywood, and they will cut it up. (laughs) Yeah, they will. Because trying to get a four by eight piece of plywood up the attic stairs, you're going to hurt yourself. Yes, yes. That's a 911 ready to (laughs) happen. So, yeah, John, um, uh, measure your, your Floyd Joyce's and see um, see see if they're 2x6 or 2x8 or 2x10. And if it's 8 or 10, go ahead and lay you a floor. You're golden. Yeah. Yeah, you're okay. golden. But if it's a 6, I, I would come in with some type of a um, – you can either sister those or scab them, or you could put in some verticals. Now, what, so, what, I mean, when you say so, sister, what do you mean by that? You would come in with a, an eight next to that. An eight? Like the number yeah. eight? No, tell me what. Sister it. Like, it just put it right along there with it. Okay. So okay. So put we another call it, board. I like to call it scabbing, but, okay. you know, same idea. But, yeah, you just want to make sure because if you start adding a lot of load to something that's not intended for load, you're going to come home and find all your stuff in your garage. Right. <laughs> all right, John. I hope that right, helps great. out. Thank you. Yes, it does. Thank you so much. Great. Good show, by the way. Thank, Thank you, you, sir. Appreciate Bye. it. Thanks, John. Okay. Um, okay. Timmy, you still with me, man? I am, man. Okay. I'm going to read a uh, – we got an email here about an HVAC. It's a, it's, it's a good one. It's a long one, but this person really wants to hear from Timmy. Okay. All right. Uh, strangely enough, it actually came this morning. I was listening with interest to the show for May 27th when a caller's question concerned water in the drain pan from HVAC unit in the attic. My issue is this. My house is 42 years old. It has two AC units outside. One is original. I've noticed mildew in both bathrooms and one bedroom uh, around the air vents and around the attic across uh, access in the hall. The two service companies I've uh, had out uh, think, I'm sorry, the two service companies I've talked to think it's common to have extra moisture in the bathrooms. One gentleman also pointed out a problem waiting to happen with the drain pans. The first drain pan has rusted through, and water is now draining into the lower pan. It will also rust, and water will drip into the ceiling. 
My question, number one, do you think the two conditions are related? Could the excess moisture I'm seeing be from the water in the drain pan? Uh, let's go ahead and start with that. What, what do you think, Timmy? Well, water in the drain pan is never a good thing. You know, of course, I mean, that's, that's like the pan that's under there should never have water in it. Right. Because it's an auxiliary drain pan. Um, it sounds like you said she had moisture like on the vents and in the bathroom. Yeah, she's got some um, uh, microbial growth growing at the uh, at the vents and uh, other openings in the home. Hmm. Well, I imagine that it's like the girl could uh, could back me up on this too. Anytime you got you know moisture problems, hot and cold mix, mildew, mold, stuff like that. Whenever it comes um, when it comes up, I mean that. Sign of too much air conditioning or somebody running that air conditioning too low, you know, and it's right. not removing enough humidity out of the house. Um, original, you said a forty-year-old home, and it's an original. Uh, Forty-two. One one of the one of the units is original, which blows my mind. Forty-two years old, and then there's another one. Now, the second question. Hang on, just a second. Is it time to replace the units? Yes. Please. <laughs> Put it out of its misery. It's time. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would have to tell for sure. Let's, uh, let's talk about replacing it. Okay. All right. So replacing, you're thinking, is the right thing to do here. Um also, uh, she says, uh, that was, by the way, a replacement was one of the recommendations she got. The other company had no suggestion. Also, FYI, water consistently drips in the summer from a pipe outside my door when the AC is on. This started several years ago. The water has also stained my brick. I trust your opinion, so please offer them. What do you think about that? Right. So, the brick on the outside? I yes, know. sir. So, you talking about the drain pan and the attic's draining outside and staining the brick? Right. Um, a lot of times that can be due to not uh, any time we do a new construction or something like that where I can actually run the drain pipe down the wall, I always extend it out probably about a good 8 to 10 inches mm -hmm. and then put an elbow on there. That way it can't ride the pipe back to the brick. Oh, so wow. They do what's going on with that. Just so put a little it, elbow on there? Yeah, put a little elbow on there and that'll keep the water from riding the pipe back to the brick. Okay, Mary's the one that sent into this. Uh, she calls herself a DIY wannabe, and she says, thanks for this informative show. But, Mary, there's a there's a tip for you right there. At least for nothing else, a stopgap to save your brick is to put an elbow on that. But I think our pros have have pretty much uh, said in unison, you need some new units. Well, and let me add to that, Mary, because DIY wannabe. Let's, let's talk about this for a second. If it's 42 years old, and Timmy may uh, get this, if a house is 42 years old, 42 years ago what they would do is they would take the condensate drain and they'd run it outside. Now what we do in new construction is we take the condensate the drain and we put it into the central sewer system. So what you're probably seeing on the, on the outside is going to continue to happen. So you can hmm. do... There's all kinds of things you could do. I love Timmy's idea about putting an, an elbow on it. But keep in mind, that's water. So why not use it to do, some, do something with it? I've seen people put pans underneath there, capture the water, and water their plants. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, you can outside do that. Dog if you update your system, Mary, please update your ductwork. 
Because I'm going to guess that the metal ducting that is running from that unit is rusted. And when it gets rusted, you're not getting a good efficiency. And that's why you've got your mildew in your bathrooms. Because you're not getting, you're actually picking up moisture from that outside the ductwork. It's going back into the ductwork and you're blowing it into your bathroom. And that's, you just, you've got too much moisture in the house. So a new unit will only work as well as the ductwork. Well, so Timmy, if you put a new unit in there and don't update your ductwork, you're just going to be air conditioning your attic or your crawl space. <laughs> well, Timmy mentioned many, many moons ago on this show, you know, the, the, the true purpose of your air conditioning is not necessarily blowing out cold air. It's taking the humidity out of the air that's there. It's drying the air out. So, so Timmy, do you have any other uh, comments about that? Um, no, I mean, that's, that's kind of what you do in a system that old. I can imagine it's probably not removing much humidity, which might be some of the problems, too. But going, you know, going back to the drain thing, if, if her cool, the drain pan inside that coal itself, if it's broken, um, rusted out, something like that, it's probably another reason why that auxiliary pan under there is getting water in it. So that by itself, you know, replacing the system is going to give her a better drain pan, all that good stuff. It's not going to have, you know, water in the drain pan. It's not going to be dripping outside, anything like that. But, you know, 40-something years old, I would tell you that that, that pan in there is probably shot. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, we appreciate it. We're going to take our first break here. It's time for us to go there. Today is an open topic show, and we're looking for any home improvement questions you have. You might not get back the answer you like, but we welcome all questions. <laughs> Stay tuned. I'm Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, host of AutoCorrect. If you're enjoying this podcast, try my podcast, AutoCorrect. We help steer you in the right direction with your car problems. Find me on any podcast platform or at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, Ashy Certified Inspector to Inspect It Like a Girl, and our guest for the day, Timmy McClendon from AC Remedies. He's kind of our AC guy here on uh MPB's Fix It 101. Join the conversation this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Okay, uh, you guys ready? The phones are already going. So, by the way, 877-MPB-RING. Let's go to line one. John's there in Pontotoc. What's going on, John? Hi, I called you guys last week and no. And you guys made me feel like I didn't really know. Well, I guess I didn't know what I was talking about. But then I went to people's uh, uh, lumber yard, and they had made me feel the same way. What I asked you guys last week was I had a problem with a toilet. When uh-huh. you flush it, the water was coming back up the, the flapper. That's what I asked you guys yeah. last week. Um, and then you guys told me there was only one move before I did that, right? Well, there was only what? One one move apart, like the, like to let the water comes in. That was that was the only thing that was in there that could really be bad. Yeah, that that flapper is typically the. Uh, but it's it's funny the flapper, you know what makes the flapper go up and down. I know a lot of people think it's that chain thing, but actually there's a little air in there, and right. and and it, it floats, you know. But then, I, but I figured out what it was. I called an, an old plumber in Chicago, and he told me what it was. What was it? 
You know the little hose around the rim of the toilet? The hose? You mean like the, the water? The hose. Yeah. Oh, you, got, you know the rim of your toilet inside? Oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Got yeah. Hose, you got little holes in there. The holes in the in the rim of the toilet. Yes, yes. He told, and he told me, you know, they probably kind of stopped up, get a piece of wire and stick it in all the hoses, and it'll stop. And I did. It worked? You know what it was. Wow. That's a fantastic Nothing. idea. Uh, you know, you always see those holes when you're cleaning. And I never really thought about the fact that they could get clogged up because, you know, the water gets icky. Um, meaning, meaning natural <laughs> water. <laughs> you know, well, I'm saying, you know, I helped someone fix a toilet this week. And when you open it, you know, clean water goes into the tank of your toilet. That doesn't mean the inside of that tank looks great because the water itself has elements and junk in it. That's a great idea, man. I appreciate that, John. Oh, All right. Hey, we can be taught, too. All right. Appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, Timmy, have you, ever, uh, have you replaced the toilet ever? You said, have I replaced the toilet? Have you ever replaced the toilet? Oh, yeah, man. I've done a bunch of them. Really? What do you find to be the hardest thing about that? Replacing the toilet? Uh-huh. Getting my big old butt bent over that thing and setting it down on the white screen. I tell you, you know, it is heavy. It's a big piece That's of porcelain. That's my problem, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Zero fun, man. But, uh, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Make right. that money. All right, 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. During the intro, uh, we mentioned that billions are spent every year in the U.S. on home improvement projects. That that just amazes me. Billions. In 2017, that number reached 424 billion dollars that number is not because of hgtv and renovation trends but because of the millions of old homes in the country it's really neat if you ever kind of really think about it okay look to see where those uh big box home improvement stores are look at them they're almost always centered around a neighborhood where the homes were built 60s, 70s, 80s, something like they're in the time when when those homes would need repairs so that whenever you see a, a, a big box store open up in uh, somewhere, look around. There's a neighborhood near, a big one, that can support that, that place. Uh, and it's usually around, I know, I know uh, where I live, there's a, there's a giant community called Crossgates, and there's this one uh, home-type store that basically supplies that whole thing. So anyway, um, uh, what problems... Have you seen that made you say, yeah, this is old? Most of America's uh, favorite renovations aren't flashy overhauls, but kind of minor improvements to make an impact, replacing carpet, flooring, paneling, ceiling tiles, uh, even a ceiling fan. Uh, the average cost that people are spending, $3,283. About one in four people who remodeled in 2017 worked on their floors and their ceilings. So floors is a big thing. If you're going to renovate, it is, first of all, you know, of course, it's the first thing you see when you walk in. Um, and it can make an enormous difference to the look and the feel of your house is replacing that floor. That's actually a pretty good cost. Uh, replacing sinks and other features and other fixtures in the house, $1,360. One of the most affordable ways to change the look of your bathroom. 
through a faucet change or something like that can really make a difference. Windows and doors. Average cost, $3,422. Replacing an old entry door recoups about 75% of its initial outlay. And new window recoups a little more than 70%. So think about that. If you replace the windows on your home, you're, you know that becomes 70% uh, uh, better off than you were with your uh, aluminum windows. You know, so, hey Jason. Yes, ma'am. You know what? You know what I call home improvement projects? What? Job security. Job security. <laughs> Why is that? Because you know people are going to goof them up. No, pretty, uh, pretty yeah. Much. <laughs> Timmy, uh, does does anyone DIY their air condition, Timmy? They do, man, and I love them. You know, I love them. I, and the funny, it's I want God. Job I tell you this right here. <laughs> Yeah, there's a there's a what they call a contactor on the outdoor unit, and this is what I love about my job so much. I get out there, and they'll call me and say, "Man, this thing's freezing up." Okay, it's freezing up. So it's probably low with freon, maybe your dirty filter, something like that. I get out there, and sure enough, it's frozen solid. Uh, I go in there, I cut the unit off, turn the fan on, I walk back around the unit. I was gonna do like a little routine maintenance to it, uh-huh. and uh, I see a couple of toothpicks shoved inside the contactor to keep the button closed in so the unit would stay on. Toothpicks? He had a, he had a, yeah, he had a broken wire going outside that wouldn't, uh, wouldn't let the uh, outdoor unit cut on. So he takes toothpicks and he shoves it in the contactor to keep the outdoor unit rolling. Uh-huh. Right, so that means whenever the unit finally gets satisfied, the thermostat satisfies, the air handler inside goes off, but the outdoor unit keeps running. Oh. Well, you put freon inside, and you don't, um, and you don't have any airflow, and the coil is going to freeze up. Wow. So all I had to do was take a wire nut and fix the broken wire on there, pull the toothpicks out of there, and I said, "Look, call me back. You know when it falls out. Give it about three or four hours." He calls me back. He said, "Man, this thing's blowing some good cold air. I appreciate." it. I mean, just stuff like that. And don't get me wrong. I mean, there's innovative ideas. I mean, to get yourself by, but that is not a permanent fix. Right. Okay. Do you suggest, uh, Timmy? Do you suggest people uh, trying to DIY their AC? Uh, uh, it's not a it's not a very good thing to do. I'm not going to lie. Right. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> you can say yeah, that. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in there that can hurt you pretty bad. You know, right. I got shot yesterday, and me and Java was sitting here talking about that a while ago. You got you shot? Know, uh, I did, man. I was I was in, in the attic, and I was sitting there playing around. Uh, uh, we just put in a new condenser. Uh-huh. We had a inside unit was ready to go, so all we had to do was flush the inside unit out. Right. Well, it just so happens the, the capacitor on the indoor fan motor goes bad while I put this uh, outdoor unit in, mm-hmm. and... All of a sudden, my pressures were all whacked out, and I was like, what's going on? So I go inside, and sure enough, no airflow. So I take the door off the unit, and it's never a good idea to jump the door switch out, but somebody did it, you know, and I didn't check power. I didn't unplug it like I should have, nothing like that. I reached down there and grabbed the capacitor, and it lit me up. Wow. <laughs> some uh, some lessons must be learned the hard way, Timmy. Yeah, well, it is. Six and, uh, times. I can't tell you how many times I've been shocked in my life. But, you know, yesterday was a pretty good one. I think my, my Fitbit watch probably gave me about 10,000 more steps. <laughs> well, uh, that way you could sit down the rest of the day and know that you did good. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> but, now, I mean, you know, the DIY line, you know, man, stuff for the AC units, don't get me wrong. I mean, if you're handy and, you, you know, you 
got so a friend that can kind of walk you through it, right. it's no big deal. But when if you don't know anything about it, I wouldn't touch it just because it can it can hurt you pretty bad. Right. Okay. And you can tear a lot of stuff up. Right. Um. Thank you. We we were talking about. Oh, by the way, uh, if you want to make a call, it's eight seven seven MPB ring eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We were talking about this one thing, uh, and then I'm gonna and then I'm gonna go to break real quick. But one of the things that people have changed, especially in 2017, three point six million homeowners who remodeled replaced their hot water heater. Um, do you see, do you guys see problems a lot with water heaters? I think it's the, to me, it's the forgotten appliance. Nobody thinks about the water all heater until they don't have hot water. Long, all day long. What do you mean? What do you mean? Just, well, they'll go down and they'll buy them a water heater and then they'll come in and then they'll hook it up and they'll use two different kinds of hookups. And within a year, those metals have eat each other up and they're getting ready for a water leak. No way. All day long. (laughs) So water heaters. uh, Let me ask you this. Timmy, are you still recommending, uh, or are you recommending tankless, or do you typically put in tanked water heaters mostly? Well, I I do a lot of tank. Not not as many tankless anymore. Uh Um, I've come to find out a lot of people like having hot water whenever they uh, don't have electricity. Oh. You know, they feel like to take a hot shower. So right. I, I'm one of them people, man, I'm, I'm not going to try to sell you on something. Then all of a sudden you call me and say, well, my energy is cut off and I ain't got no no hot water. You know, something like that. Anyway, you know, it's something we've not um, talked about on the show here today, Timmy. About to go to break. But that is really interesting is, is, is uh, you know, well, I'm going to let it go. We're going to get a break right here. Uh, it's time for us to have another break, but when we return, we'll talk about more of your home improvement projects and more specifically about your AC. Timmy's here from AC Remedies to answer your AC and, and do I dare say it appliance questions. Uh, the triple digit temps are coming, so stay tuned. If you want to join today's show, give us a call at 877 MPB Ring. That's 877 672 7464, or send an email to fixit101 at MPB online.org. Stay tuned. On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit and Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pivas, ASHI Certified Inspector and Inspect It Like a Girl, and Timmy McClendon from AC Remedies. If you missed out on any of today's program, you can always listen back by podcast using any podcast app or our MPB public media app. I wanted to uh, continue what I was saying before we went to break. We were talking about water heaters, and I was asking Timmy about tankless and these kind of things. Uh, Timmy said he's... He's mainly installing um, tank water heaters, and he's he's no longer really doing a lot of the uh, the uh, tankless. But he did mention something very specific, which is when your power goes out, you don't have hot water. Well, what that means is an electric um, water heater, tankless water heater. And we've heard on the show a couple of times uh, electric um, water heaters. 
uh, tankless water heaters, um, you know, they require electricity. And we've also heard that they're not quite as reliable as the others. So the, well, they, re- they require a lot more money. I and mean, don't get me wrong, any a tank or a tankless requires maintenance. Nobody ever does it. You know, you're right. you're rod and, you right. know, cleaning out burner fans and stuff like that. But, you know, when it boils down to the, the tankless, man, they have flame sensors in there, Igniter Pros, all of them have to be cleaned. Right. Um, it, takes, it takes a lot more you know, maintenance. So nobody really wants to do that either. So when you get right. called out on a tankless water heater call, most of the time it needs to be flushed out and cleaned up. But, you know, the the gas tankless water heaters require electricity to run. So that's one of the things that, you know, customers are like, ah, no, nah, no, nah, nah, I ain't doing okay, that. Okay, so, so even the gas ones require electricity to run? Uh, yeah, because they, they, they have inducer motors on there that push the flue out and what makes it more efficient. And they also have electric pilot ignition on there. So okay. They have they have to have electricity, so that's what that turns a lot of people away from it. And you know, I wanted to put one in my house. I'm not gonna lie, but mm-hmm. I, I hadn't done it, and I'm probably not gonna do it. And this is just personal opinion now. Right. Everybody's got an opinion. Yeah, that's I, cool. I think I think about it, you know, in literal terms in my brain. You know, I'm also want a hot shower if I ain't got electricity. You know, uh, I don't want to have to do as much maintenance. You know, uh, I have to agree. Like, yeah, but they they are pretty cool but i don't know uh as far as saving you know like during the summertime mm-hmm. when the only thing i'm running is my water heater my water heater bill don't, or my gas bill doesn't get you know more than probably 35 bucks right right so how much money are you truly saving on that tankless because every gas company has a minimum they're going to charge i don't huh. know what the minimum is on every one of them but they're going to charge you a minimum you know so how much money are you truly saving you know, by doing that, I mean, you might save, you know, I don't know, maybe a hundred bucks a year or more. Right. I don't know what the actual specs of them are, but uh, that's that's kind of that's how I talk to people about it. They understand exactly what they're buying, mm-hmm. um, and they understand you know everything about it. But, uh, well, I think I think you changed some opinions here with that whole no hot shower without electricity. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I think a lot of people went, uh oh. No. <laughs> um, well, I saw a, a documentary one time that said jumping into cold water can actually invigorate you. So maybe that's just what that's supposed to be. Oh, if, <laughs> if, if any of you, well, you know, this is Mississippi. And if any of you have ever lived without air conditioning at one point or another, boy, that cold shower is just a blast. That <laughs> is nice. Man. But jumping in the nearest mud puddle outside is a blast, too. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, Timmy. One of the things that you said I think is so spot on, and it, it actually I made a note on that. I have my air conditioning. It's a I don't know, about 14-year-old train system I had put in, um, and I have that thing serviced. You know, I'm on that maintenance thing. Every six months, they come and they check my air conditioner, and then they, you know, six months later, they check my heat. And so I'm going to add to that that they also do the maintenance on the water heater. Good idea. They they can Basically, do that. Yeah, I mean the anode rods in there, you know, they're supposed to be replaced every year. But I mean, if you ever crack one open, you know, and like break the nut off the top of it, if that thing's ten years old, it don't even have an anode rod anymore. And that all that does is help prevent you know more minerals and corrosion inside of there. Huh. So right. 
Well, I've okay. got a tankless, so I could just have them flush it. And yeah. I actually had a, a plumber one time show me how to do it. That is kind of a DIY project. You could, that is, you know, watch uh, there's, a video there's and there's do, of... flush that. Water. Right, right. Okay, well, when your power goes out, I think Timmy's got a shower for you. So I know yeah. I got one over here. Yeah. House. <laughs> okay, let's go to the phone. Brett's on the line in Gulfport. What's going on, Brett? Uh, if you think your AC is maybe a little low on Freon or coolant, uh, 410A, can you just go to an automotive uh, store and, and get uh, a can of, uh, of 410A and top it off? Uh, I don't think you know, anything that you buy from uh, from like AutoZone or something like that, I mean, that's going to be uh, 134A, which is, you know, your automotive refrigerants. Um uh, they're not going to have anything like that. But, I mean, to be able to do that, you'd have to have gauges to do that, to be able to read your pressures. Um, that's not something that you'd be able to do. You know, you have to buy a Freon from a supply house, which in order to do that, you have to have an EPA license um, or be a licensed contractor, you know, to be able to, right. to, be able to buy the refrigerant. So that's not something I would recommend, even if you, you know, had need somebody that had a drum of it, you know. But, right. Uh, Sometimes it's not always free enough. You know, it could be the capacitor getting weak outside, and that'll make that compressor make a higher amp draw, which is going to increase your head pressure. And if the head pressure goes up, that could also, you know, affect it from cooling or keep it from cooling, right? Uh, dirty filters, that's one of the biggest things I see every day. Well, I put the 90-day filters in there. Like, yeah, but if you got dogs and stuff like that in your house, it's real tight. That 90-day filter isn't going to keep up. You know, you still got to change it. Well, and we mentioned on the show one time, um, uh, Timmy, that, that there's actually services out there that you can sign up for that will send you your air filter every month to change. It'll come in the mail every month, and you change your air filter. I just think that's the Man. most genius, you know, service and idea. I love that. Man, it is. And I, I tell people, you know, whenever you get your energy bill in, check your air filter because that's the easiest way to associate it. Wow. You know, never, 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 never not check it. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here talking to the choir here, preaching to the choir. I mean, I'm horrible about not checking mine. I know when <laughs> mine's dirty because it don't, it don't cool good. You right. Know? But same time, you know, my wife, I told her to remind me, and she doesn't remind me. So. Well, the mechanic always <laughs> has the biggest piece of junk, so... That's yeah, the way it works uh, out, right? <laughs> so uh, I do want uh, – we're going to take another call. Brett, does that help you out at all? Yeah. Uh, thanks a lot. So don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll burn you, too. That Freon, you know, if you, if you do the wrong thing, it'll burn you bad. Oh, so yikes. It's not, a, it's not a good idea. Okay. All right. Thanks, Brett. We appreciate it. Craig is on the line in Biloxi. Let's keep moving. Craig, are you with us? Yes, sir. So uh, what is – yeah, this is for the air conditioning man. Uh, what is the biggest home air conditioning unit you can have without without a handler in the in the house, like like a big window unit for a house? A uh, window unit? Well, not not so much not so much a window unit. Or, or do they have central units that are all one integrated, one piece? Uh, yes, sir. But it's, uh, that, that's what you call a uh, a package unit. Um. Yes, this is one big old box, you know, basically. But uh, I, I'm guessing that's what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how how big a house? How big a house would you want? Like like two thousand or a thousand square foot, like a Katrina cottage, 
is going to want like a window unit. Uh, how how big of a house would you get before you want to put a handler in it somewhere? An air handler? Uh, well, I mean, it, you know, the way I do it is 400 square foot per ton. You know, if it's on a, just a regular old house, you know, 400, 450. Um, so if you got a thousand square foot house, I mean, you're going to need somewhere between a two and a two and a half ton, something like that. So, okay. Is that what you're asking? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I'm I'm trying to get away from having handlers in the attic and and wondering how big a house. I mean, even if you have to put two, uh, like big box units at, at different places, uh, you know, to get yeah, away from the well, to get away from the handlers. Right. Uh, that, you would have to end up running the duct work from the outside and reconnecting it inside to do something like that. Um, uh, okay. That'd be a, that'd be a okay. real big project. Okay, so that's not very practical then. No, sir. No, sir. Just the, you know, if you don't want your air handler up in the attic, I'm assuming you probably had a, a leak, a water leak before. Yeah, yeah. I've had him. I have had him plugged up with hair and everything else. Yeah, the best thing to do when you got something like that going on, you got an auxiliary drain pan under there. Same thing we was talking about earlier. But what you can do is put what they call a float switch on that thing. You know, right. you, you know, you'd have to read the directions. I mean, if that's something you want to play with, not get you a contractor to come out there, but. It goes inside the auxiliary drain pan. That way, if that thing ever fills up with water, you know, it doesn't spill over. It'll quit kill the unit before it actually spills over. Right. Huh. Okay. All right. Thanks, Craig. Uh, you know, I've seen one of those units recently, uh, Timmy, a, a, where everything is in one giant box. I was at a house this weekend, and the house is only about 1,200 square feet. And I was outside looking around, and I saw the air conditioning unit. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that thing is made for a 5,000-square-foot commercial property. What is, what is this? <laughs> but it's absolutely – it was huge because it had everything yeah. in it. And then and then at the uh, – on one side of it pretty much was where all the ducting came out of this thing, like everything, uh, and went under the house, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, man, it was – you like – you know, you had to have some real estate just to put that thing on. Yeah, man, those things get big, especially the higher sear rating you go to, they get even bigger, you know. But um, I, I, I'll be honest with you, I personally hate a package unit, you know, because <laughs> okay. uh, everything stays super, you know, moist for, you know, moisture outside, and right. all those sensors and switches and stuff like that is going to end up getting moisture in there, and uh, uh. it's going to wind up going bad. So they have more problems typically than other units. And uh, also, if you have a package unit, nine times out of ten, all your duct works under the house. Mm-hmm. And, man, insulation will fall off that thing. And I know Inspector Lucky Girl writes it up because I've done seen her reports. She's crawling under the house and they're thirsty. Right, yeah. So they, they rip all that insulation off and start licking that duct work. Right. <laughs> You think about it like that too. I mean, all that insulate. You know, your, your duct work up under a house tends to sweat a lot more. Yeah. Um, you know, so all that insulation is going to end up getting wet, fall off, and everything else. But I can tell you, every every time I've ever been behind an inspected like a girl's report, that woman is super thorough. When I say super <laughs> thorough, I mean to the point where I mean I can't even read the verbiage she has going on there. Yeah, she. I mean, I'm real smart I'm lady. I'm from Pearl, Mississippi. You know, so I, I have. I, I don't. I don't read. You know, I have to go back and read it two or three times. Or ask my wife. I do. What does this say? She's like, basically, baby, the air conditioning don't work. You need to look at it. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let's go to Joan and Flowood. What's going on, Joan? Well, good morning. Good morning. Thank you. Thank yes, you. 
Um, well, this is definitely not a DIY project, but uh, I had a porch screened, mm-hmm. and um, what I want to do is extend the roof. The roof only overhangs the porch, it seems like about six inches, mm-hmm. and I wanted to extend the roof line so that it overhangs the porch more. Is that what all do I need to consider? Um, I read, I was reading a little bit and said, like, you could do that two feet. Uh-huh. And um, could could y'all give me some advice about who to call and Well, let me ask, have you, is mm-hmm. this so that you can be under something when it's either sunny or rainy? Uh, right. When it rains, mm-hmm. it rains, and it's a screen porch, screened-in porch. Right. It's big. It's 20 feet tall. Uh-huh. And it rains in, and it you know gets my furniture wet and mm. uh, everything on the porch have wet. You, have so. you thought of a, 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 a another solution besides roofing? No, tell me. No. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> I, I, I don't, how large did you say it was? Twenty by twenty? Uh, I would guess it's well, it's twenty feet high. The height of the roof is twenty feet high. Okay. And yeah, I guess it's maybe about. 30 by 6. Right. I don't know. There's there's some things out there that you can that you can uh, do that are temporary like retractables and stuff like that. What what do you guys have ideas for, Pam? Well, I'm thinking that you're getting which which way is this facing? Joan, is it a south facing porch? Um I think it's facing um northeast. I believe. Okay, so you shouldn't get a lot of blowing rain. I bet you got a lot of rain during this uh, storm we had the other day. It was probably coming straight in there. Yeah, Um, actually I do. Every time I get, you know, rain, I just have to pull everything back to to the wall, to the back wall. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I really like Jason's idea about um, instead of trying to extend your roof, which could be pretty expensive, mm-hmm. maybe trying to get some of these, and they've got some great products out there now, these um, things that you can lower and you still can see through it, but it um, would maybe help with some of that water that's coming in because the height that you've got there, probably the architectural height of that is almost going to preclude trying to add anything onto it. I think you'd be looking at something that would be real expensive. Because at first I thought, well, maybe an awning or a pergola. Mm-hmm. But at 20 feet, I mean, that's huge. You add anything onto that, and that's just going to be ugly. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I love Jeff's idea. That you, okay. you know, you can get them with you push a button and, and it just comes down. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, was, I, I have that tin. Well, it looks like a tin roof. I guess it's aluminum. But, yeah. Um, um, that's a possibility. And people, you know what? There's another option here, um, a possibility. One of those, uh, I know that's not pretty, but, you know, we're just looking for solutions. One of the... Uh, one of the metal makers d- does the uh, carports and things like that. Uh, maybe that... They can, you know, scab one on to the regular roof or something. But I, I like the retractable. If you can get it, the electric retractable uh, awning, you push a button, it goes all the way out, and it'll go 15 feet out. 
you know, it'll go a long way out. And then you just hit the button, it'll come back in. So if you want to be out there or if you want to protect your stuff from the elements, that's a way. I don't know if it's the right way, but um, any thoughts on that, Timmy? I was just kind of, you know, thinking in my brain how uh, I inspect it like a girl thinks. Asking about <laughs> the south side. Right, you right, yeah. How, how thorough she is? Yeah, oh, no, she's thorough. She's thorough. Crazy. Don't be I the contractor behind her. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, man, I, I, think the, uh, I think the retractable on is a pretty good idea. Okay, Joan. Well, I hope that helps out. And what I would do, Joan, if uh, if if you want, uh, go online and uh, and and just kind of Google uh, retractable uh, awnings, and I think you'll you'll see at least a new idea there that you might be able to grow from there. You know. May I ask you another question? Yes, ma'am. Um, if I were to get somebody to extend the roof, would I get a contractor? Oh, that absolutely. Work? Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. you do not want to make DIY sure, any roof. Make sure he's a uh, licensed and bonded. Yes, yes. Uh, and we've mentioned this several times. A uh, great place to go looking for your contractors is msboc.us. Yeah, dot .us. msboc.us, which is Mississippi State Board of Contractors, dot .us. Uh, it's, a, it's a great uh, thing to look for. Also, MHI is another one to look at, MHI, I guess, dot com. Uh, one thing I wanted to get to, we don't have much time left in the show. Joan, I hope that helps out. All right. And uh, is everybody supposed to be scared of their coolant going away, Timmy? Answer quick. Uh, no. Okay. So if someone comes to your house and say you have to change your air condition because your coolant is changing, what do you say to that person at the door? Tell them that we have uh, alternative refrigerants we can use, you know, for that. We have to take all the Freon out and put the new alternative refrigerant in there and, you know, repair or replace a leak, whatever we got to do as far as that goes. But not a required unit. Okay. All right. Uh, there we go, folks. That's it. Fix It 101 is production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded by the generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Java Chapman. Our screener is uh, Kevin Farrell for Pam Pibas, Timmy McClendon. I'm Jason Klein. Stay tuned for our Wednesday 10 a.m. program, Everyday Tech with Jay White. And join us next Wednesday at 9 for Fix It 101 only on MPB Think Radio.